Good morning. Welcome back, all you regs and all you shinies. Welcome to the most mediocre podcast in the Star Wars universe, the 1313 Podcast. I'm Tommy. I'm Jacob. And I'm Jackson. And welcome back to another episode of Have a Chat, our series where we invite other creators and members of the community onto the show, and we kind of just talk Star Wars. And today, we have a very special guest. We have Nerdzoic. Woohoo! What's up? So, Nerdzoic, tell us a little bit about what your channel is all about. Yeah, absolutely. So I have had this channel about a year and a half now, almost two years. And it is all about embracing your nerdiness through toys. Uh, largely mm -hmm. Star Wars, obviously, hence why I'm here. But it's all about mm -hmm. the action figures, the nostalgia, and escaping all the crap we deal with as adults to go back to a simpler time. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we um we are all big collectors. Yeah, on I can't tell. <laughs> well um particularly the black series lego and then we've been dabbling in sideshow a little bit more as as time goes on and but, now i'm starting to dabble in marvel legends and every time i see a neca figure in the store i'm like mm, it's dangerous it's very dangerous what Sorry, I had a, I had a seven-year-old visit for a minute there. Yes, it's very dangerous. Uh, let me tell you, the, the more you get deeper into it, the worse it gets. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, we um that's how my black series was. I started, it was just a couple figures, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, this one's cool, that one's cool. Then it was like, oh, let me just get every Mandalorian character. And then it was, oh, you know, every single trooper ever made doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> so you kind of get kind of get stuck in it a little mm -hmm. bit but not in a bad way definitely not in a bad way listen i'm at like i have so many toy lines started and i don't think i've ever finished a collection of anything mm -hmm. i have like collecting add where i'm like oh ooh, shiny thing gotta go start buying that now <laughs> it's bad it's real bad mm -hmm. yeah. i feel like that's how i kind of am because i was like my main focus was lego i like like lots of lego star wars then i was just kind of like Ooh, Marvel Legends line doesn't look too bad. And I started getting like really into horror movies. And I was just like, ooh, NECA makes really cool figures. So I was just kind of like boing, boing, boing. Yeah, it, it is. It's all over the place. And I got into the business full on a few months ago. So now mm -hmm. I'm really like all over with it. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So that actually, I was going to ask you about that. Um, so you have your own uh, online shop. Uh, Nerdzoic yes. Toys, I believe it's called, right? Correct. And I actually, I did pre-order the uh, George Lucas and Stormtrooper disguise nice. through that site because um, I man. missed it on the major retailers. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna dabble in this. So, uh, so how was that? How was that process for you? Like, how did it start? How did it? It started at so nerd. The whole Nerdzoic thing started as I got fired because of the pandemic. Entire position got like eliminated. I had a side business that was going decently as a restaurant consultant, but the pandemic destroyed that too. And it was like, okay, well, what the hell do I do now? I'm like, I don't do nothing. I'm just going to make videos about toys because I need to learn how to do this because I wanted to do it for my consulting stuff. And I had no intention of it going anywhere, but it like what did really well. So I'm like, you know what? What can I do from a business standpoint? If I wanted to make this my full-time thing, what would I have to do? And that it led one thing to another to the toys. And now I'm selling them. And it's, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. People nice. keep, like, I probably get five messages a day from people saying, how do I get started? And my response is always don't <laughs> 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 like, you know, it, it is, a, it's a journey. 
It's incredibly low profit margins, incredibly tough competition because you're competing against Walmart and Target in a lot of ways. So you got to have something that to differentiate yourself. Uh, but you still can't go crazy with pricing because, I mean, let's face it, that is a huge factor. I can go up a dollar or two over Walmart because I can offer a service way better than they can, but you start to report them that and you price yourself out of the market. So mm. it was a major, major journey. I'm now like, I never intended for it to be as big as it's gotten already. As far as like what I'm carrying, like I probably add a new line every week. It's like, again, yeah. it used to be my shiny object collecting syndrome. Now it's my shiny object. Ooh, a new figure line. And it's, it's nuts. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I definitely, I watched your, because we've actually been watching a lot of your content for quite some time now. We oh, watch it, you. especially with our dad. Mm -hmm. And then um, I know you had your video that you posted recently about uh, running your toy store mm -hmm. specifically. And then in the one section as well, I know you got to mention saying how like it's really exciting because you get to know a lot of like the code names and such for a lot of the figures. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess now as a collector, that must feel really good to maybe have some of that insider intelligence that people don't really get to know months in advance even now. It totally does. The only bad part of it is you can't say it per se, but yeah. let's just say that people out there who are getting like these news breaks, the Toy Internationals, Jedi Business, Rebel Scums of the World, they have sources. Those sources mm -hmm. would all, I'm not saying it is me because they've been around lo far longer than I have, but mm -hmm. it's people like me who get the information but can't say the information. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it is. It's really cool just being like, yep, I know that kind of, you know, like the best example I have is uh, everyone was so surprised by uh, G.I. Joe by the, we got, hey, oh, we got a croc master with a crocodile. I'm like, I figured that out six months ago. You, know, <laughs> you give me a, a figure with a pet. I'm like, okay, well, we limited it down. It's got to be croc master. And mm -hmm. I don't even know that much about G.I. Joe, but it's like the hunt. I got to figure it out now. Mm-hmm. That's I know I know one thing about like fan channels like in general that I have come to prefer over like Walmart and Target mm -hmm. and stuff is the shipping because yep. with fan channels there's actually some level of care put into the shipping because I can't tell you how many times I've gotten stuff through Walmart or Target that are exclusives and they show up and if they're on a bubble card the card like with the um the Clone Wars figures from like yeah. I think it was May or June of this year it was like those figures would like, I don't understand that the, they would fold the card backs in half to fit them into the boxes. And I would pull it out of the box and go, ah, well, I wanted to have this in the package, but <laughs> I guess not anymore. Yeah, um, it's crazy. And like, I'm still trying to experiment with like, I can ship anything to the point where it's going to be very hard for it to get damaged. My wife does all the shipping now. Uh, so I do all the webs. Well, she actually does a lot of the website stuff too. I'm pretty much just the front of it making purchasing decisions, but uh, she does all the shipping and she's incredibly good at it, making sure nothing gets damaged. Now we're at the point where we're trying to figure out because the more shipping materials you use, the bigger the box. Now we're having to raise the shipping price. So you don't want to do that either. So it's trying to find that happy medium. Mm -hmm. uh, I've recently gotten to literally just straight up emailing people. Hey, do you want, are you going to open these? Cause if you are, I can cut your break at like five bucks, uh, you know, and ship them like in the actual factory Hasbro case versus taking them out of the case, wrapping them in bubble wrap. So a lot of people are doing that, but a lot of people are also very like, well, I open them, but I want them to be in good condition. I'm like, listen, what do you think I'm going to do to these things? I'm not going <laughs> to tour of them. 
But yeah, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. That was a big thing for me when I started this. I actually, you can see on my floor over here, about $1,500 worth of uh, figure shield products, if you're familiar with them. Mm -hmm. um, they make cases for every, pretty much every type of six inch and three and three quarter inch figure. So I'll be, as soon as I can figure out how to do it from a technical standpoint, offering the ability to just buy it and then have it shipped right in the case so that mm -hmm. it is leaving here minty fresh and getting there super minty fresh. It doesn't even matter what they put on top of it in the mail truck. But yeah, it's it's definitely a thing. And I know I'm a mint collector for some things and it's, it's crazy because like the stuff gets beat up sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Certain distributors are terrible with it. Other mm -hmm. ones are great. It's, it's different each time. You want to grab that the Lego set to show me? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I recently picked up the Mandalorian uh, armor Lego I got set him for a present. He got it for me for 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 a birthday present, and uh, as you can see, the mail was like not too got kind. In there. Yeah, the mail was not too kind to it, to say the least. Yeah, they so. shipped it in a soft and like the basically like the bags, like they yeah. just threw it in that, and I was like, how does that constitute for that? Because even with like the Walmart uh, Bad Batch wave that came out recently. I bought two of the um, Corson Guard Troopers, one to be the officer, one to customize and to take the pauldron off. And so the first one that I got came in a box and the second one came at the exact same time and then came in the soft, like the bag. Bubble, bubble bag in the bubble. I was like, does like one plus one not equal two anymore? <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping like it's bad. Like I, I got the double edged sword. I love the old toy hunts, mm -hmm. but like Walmart and Target are ruining it completely. And now they're doing oh, yeah. the other way. You walk into a Walmart or a Target now, not so much Star Wars, because that distribution's really slowed down right now. But Marvel, they've started to order solid cases of things. So they're getting, instead of assorted cases, solid cases, one or two per store. But good old Target and Walmart distribution aren't looking at the actual cases to make sure every store gets one of each. You go into mm -hmm. one store, you have... 30 cyclopses you go into another store you got 25 rogues and they're yeah. not you know it's i mean for me it's good but for everybody else it's not but it, it yeah. does suck because they're going to end up saying you know i imagine one day they'll say well we're just not going to carry this stuff and again that's probably not bad for me but it does suck for the community part of it Mm -hmm. yeah i remember um i mean we talk about it all the time on the podcast yes. like you know when we were kids you would go to the toy section of like a Walmart or a Target or wherever, and there were just every peg had figures on it. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a good assortment of figures. If you wanted a Darth Vader, you could always just go get yeah. a Darth Vader. If you wanted Boba Fett, you could just go get Boba Fett. And so now it's like largely in part because Toys R Us left the States, but they're yeah. they're going to make a comeback here. But um, we'll see. You know, we'll I'm see. skeptical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm i'm cautiously optimistic i'll put it but nope. yeah I'll, I'll be if it opens i will be there opening day oh absolutely <laughs> so is, i think it opens next year right yeah they yeah. said it's like two months away and i'm like ha, 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 okay mm -hmm. yeah if they open i i might make a road trip mm -hmm. to go check it out i know yeah, um I'm there's a macy's near us <laughs> <laughs> there's a macy's near us that i'm um, starting to get the uh the Toys R Us kind of like conversion into it. We did um a figure hunting vlog not too long ago. And we just went in there and we like looked across like the children's clothes and we just see Jeffrey just from like across the store. We're like, oh, it's him. So you get over there and it's just a cheap. Uh, yep. Uh, just like, really? Really? Mm -hmm. You guys bought the name and that's it? Mm -hmm. 
And if I this mean, doesn't if work out, I'm doing a literally, it's, I already clocked it. I'm eight and a half hours away from the Canadian border to get into Montreal and a Toys R Us because I'm like <laughs> jonesing at this point. If you look on um, Macy's website, they have like a couple like TVC figures now, like under their Toys R Us section. But like, like they have like the Emperor, and that's like the only like newer one. The rest of them just kind of like Landos and stuff. Yeah, the Landos that don't sell. They always keep making these Landos, thinking that something good's gonna happen, <laughs> and it never does. <laughs> like the the last wave of Black Series or two waves ago with uh, Tech and Arasing, yeah, they <laughs> packed that General Lando, and people wonder why he's sitting everywhere. The Lonely Lando is what we call him. Yep. Whenever- yeah, Lonely Lando is a very popular name for that. Like he, <laughs> it doesn't matter the series. Like you can just be like, Skiffguard Lando, boom. General Lando, boom. Empire Lando, boom. He's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't get it either. I mean, it was decent at first. I thought when the wave was coming out, because you wouldn't even see Lando, because everybody would buy up the whole wave. But then, yes, gradually over time, everybody got a Lando because nobody wanted it. Mm-hmm. And so now it's very easy to get. Yeah, I've, uh, I passed on, I'll get a lot of stuff through uh, older stuff I can get from sell-offs. Like uh, Targets and Walmarts will not be able to move their stock and it goes to auction. And I'm able to get it through various wholesale vendors. Like I, I have a stack of Storm Thunderbird two-packs in front of me that I picked up this weekend and it's great because even though they're only sell, even though they're already selling for $15 under retail price, I can still make just as much of a profit as I do on a regular figure, if not more, because they sell for so low. But uh, someone offered me like a half a pallet of vintage collection skiff guard Landos for, it was only like six fifty each. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, I still can't make money on this. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Like, I think we army build skiff guard Lando. We have um at our local Ollie's. Oh yeah. We have uh there it's like every week I go there, there's another case of TVC Ray on Octu yeah. training. It's like literally there's probably 50 of them on the pegs, and then every time I go, there's another case sitting on top mm. of the shelf full of them. Where are you guys located at? So we are in Western Pennsylvania. Yes, we oh, okay. are. You're only a few hours from me, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys are the home of one of my favorite cons, Steel City Con. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Okay. We haven't I been able to go out before yet, but we would like I to. think I went one time as a kid because my, my father has always been into collecting ever since before I was born. So for mm-hmm. me, the collecting is is part, partially like a family tradition. Like yeah. my dad kind of got me into it and that's where I am with it. But he took me... And my cousin, I think it might have been to that con when I was like six or seven years old. I remember I bought like a Power Ranger and like a Transformer or something like that. But yeah, it is a cool, it is a cool. They have a huge variety of guests, which is what's cool about it. Not a great con, just like from the collecting standpoint, because they do a lot of comics too. So the toy selection is not always great, but it is a pretty darn cool con. But it's Mm. funny you bring up Ollie's because a lot of the time people will be like, you just bought that at Ollie's. And I'll be like, listen. Do you honestly think that Ollie's is the only place that has access to this overstock that we're all buying? Mm-hmm. Like half the time, like Ollie's sometimes they'll they'll buy certain things thinking they hit a gold mine, but they don't. That's like you know the special secret advantage I got over places like that is they don't know what they're buying half the time. Hence why they have five thousand cases of Island Rays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, Nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they really say, we hit the jackpot with this they one. They do. It's funny because they have like the most random stuff sometimes. Because I remember I got off work and I went to Ollie's just to check to see what they had. And they had a like a Rebels era, like Grand Inquisitor, like helmet. And it's like, huh? There's like just two sheets of plastic that's stuck together, like with some clamps or like some Velcro or something. But I still kind of like, maybe I'll get it just to put it on the shelf. Maybe. Ollie's bought out a lot of Toys R Us's and so did a lot of bigger places. They bought the merchandise and sat on it. So a lot of old end of the era Toys R Us stuff is coming to light now that you're seeing in places like Ollie's or Ross. It's all stuff that was purchased at bankruptcy from Toys R Us that has just been sold as lots multiple times until it's finally getting parsed, like part, parted out. Mm. It's very interesting how that all works. I actually much prefer the new product game because it's easier oh that means someone just bought something on the store whenever you hear that little sound Ooh, all right all right that's... someone just bought a boba fett because uh that boba fett oh, came yeah. out today and it's boba fett so he's selling like hotcakes oh yeah nice absolutely although no, the one fett. you bought is i think it's still currently my highest selling figure i've ever sold that george lucas stormtrooper whoa really yeah him wow. and uh the symbiote spider-man Ooh, oh, the okay. those are both dope mm -hmm. yeah but, you know, the store thing's fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm really hoping that I won't have to continue to work a job for too many more years. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't take any money out because every penny I get goes back into either, like right now I have a couple of developers working on some things because I want it to be able to be the best online store for people. And that, like, for me, it's all about customer service. So I need to be able to make all the technology work really well so that if someone calls me, I'm actually free to talk to them rather than dealing with, like I talk to other store owners and they're dealing with pen and paper and filing things. And I'm like, no, not doing it. I'll hire somebody to set up some automations for me instead. Uh, and then uh, big bad toy store does their pile of loot feature. Yeah. And of course there's no software that allows something like that to be set up, but I'm working on something. I don't want to say similar, but it's kind of similar where it would be, like a more like a prime crossed with that where you would get you order whatever the heck you want it just sits here and then on the first of each month whatever you've ordered i send out as mm -hmm. part of your membership okay. Uh, okay so it's basically like you're gonna get a shipment of toys a month you never have to worry about shipping you never have to worry about man do i gotta order something else with this so i can combine shipping you mm -hmm. just pay your flat fee and it works out for everybody because one of the things that hurts me now is my bigger customers if they need something from another store, they'll get a couple other things that they were going to get anyway from me just because, well, I don't want to pay double shipping. So something mm -hmm. I'm looking at as I continue to add toy lines, but uh, that's, it's always tough, always mm -hmm. tough. And now I just got on this, this mythic legions train with those guys and those things are addictive. Mm-hmm. Those things look so cool. I actually watched your video you did where you went to that con where the design team was. Yeah. And I've been keeping up with the Mythic Legions ever since then. And those are awesome. The detail on those figures, like the way that just they look so presentable. They're awesome. They're insane. It's absolutely insane. And it is by far the coolest, most chill, laid back community in all of like the toy nerddom. Because, like, he gets a lot of... It's funny. One day when I really want to just make people mad, I'll make, like, a uh, most toxic toy culture 
like by line. And like, it is like the older ones that are always the worst, but they are like so chill, so laid back. You go into one of their communities, you ask a question, no one's going to be like, what are you stupid? Like you would, if you go and ask a star Wars question, yes. uh, it's just so cool. It's just a great group of people. Uh, but yeah, they have so much, they, they just drop toys randomly. Sometimes they drop the Krampus Christmas figure the other night. And I'm like, whoo, I'm in. And of course it sold out like really quickly. Okay. Um, but like, I've been able to kind of make relationships with the designers there, which they're incredible. Their, their skill is insanity. Um, and their photographer who is phenomenal, but yeah, those things are nuts. Absolutely nuts. It's one of those things that I was worried Lines like that, I was worried would die after Toys R Us because Toys R Us was known to be able to give these smaller toy makers a shot. Without mm -hmm. them, you're not getting shelf space at Walmart or Target. So, right. yeah, no, that's definitely true. I guess maybe to kind of circle to your collection really quick. Yeah. What do your wife and kids think about that? <laughs> that's kind of my question for that. So. My wife. Let's start with that. Okay. I was I I was perpetually single when I was your when you, your kids' age there, uh, pretty much. And then I went through this phase of, you know, if I just don't tell them, that should. Be <laughs> then I went through perpetually dating when I just put it all in storage. I'm like, wow. So it was the Star Wars stuff that was the problem. <laughs> and then I got to an age where I bought my house and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I don't even care. We'll just put it in a separate bedroom. We'll shut the door to that bedroom and whatever. Well, I met my wife working uh, in 2009. We both worked for Panera Bread. And no I hired her. And uh, I just told her one day, and there's like a five-year age gap, I'd say. So I was 28. She was 23. And for whatever reason, she found that attractive. <laughs> And uh, that set off immediate red flags to me. <laughs> it's got to be nuts. So I continually like turned her down, broke up with her, you name it, until eventually she coerced me into marriage. Uh, but best decision ever. She she put up with it totally. Uh, the whole store was actually her insistence. Hey. So we dumped our savings into this, and oh. I am not a fiscally risky person. So she was like, nah, I believe in you. You got a lot of people who really believe in what you do and like the message you send around the toys. I think we need to do this and just see what happens. So uh, my kids right now, I'm the coolest dad there is. Like, <laughs> yeah, there we're the go. only house that has a toy store in the basement. Like, That's fact. Yes, I hear you. He, my son's literally, he came down and he goes, dad, I'm going to go hang out in the warehouse for a while. <laughs> on the floor and plays his switch uh, surrounded by toys. That's awesome. But, uh, you know, they they love it. My, I mean, my son's name is Luke Skywalker, uh, literally. I see that. Uh, and, you know, right now it's funny because they'll get toys sometimes. And I don't like them buying action figures because they want to buy the adult collectible ones. Like they want to mm -hmm. buy them. They're so expensive for kids. You know, and I'm I'm paying their allowance anyway. I can't afford to build a collection for both of us. And then when, yeah, when yeah. they want to play with me, I'm like, sure, let's play. And they're like, I'll get you. I'm like, don't bang the paint so hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, like that's literally how it goes. Like we have a, I have a one of the BMF Millennium Falcons in the other room, and mm. he'll be playing. I'm like, watch the landing gear. Be careful. Uh, we have. Whenever that Haslab comes in from uh, the Razor Crest, I'm sure we're going to mm -hmm. go through that again there. But yeah, they love it now. Like now it's funny because when they do get toys, like they bought a couple of Funko Pops the other day. Oh, nice. And my son cannot 
decide if he wants to be a men on card person or a loose person. And he struggled mm. with them. And I catch him like staring at the box, like thinking about it. I've even shown him how to open these things and still put them back in. So now he opens it, takes it out. And then I find it back in the box later. Like it was never open. And he goes oh, back good. in and out, in and out. I'm sure we'll come to a time in the not too near future where I go from cool dad to please drop me off at the corner dad. <laughs> that's that's part of growing up though. You know, I mean, I, mean, I, I kind of was the same way. Like action figures were like, it, especially when the clone wars was coming out, oh, yeah. like I had all the clone wars action figures. And like my, I remember my dad and I would play with them all the time. And uh, then I got into like, you know, middle school, high school age. And I kind of phased out of it completely. Um, I did go through a phase my in 10th grade where I was collecting Star Wars Legos mm-hmm. and I like had all the sets lined up. But then my younger brother, he's like 10 years younger than me. We we're playing Nerf guns one day and he knocked over a bunch of the Lego sets. And I went, mm, yeah, that hobby's done because I just didn't feel like putting them all back together. But nice. then then like I got to college and I just started getting into the collecting. And it's been it's it's just been a great hobby. It's cool because. You know, a lot of people nowadays, it's like, oh, what's your thing you do? Like, what what do you do outside of school and work? And, and nowadays, like, a lot of people don't have anything to say. You know, you sit on social media or, you know, you watch exactly. YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, I can say, yeah, I I collect. It's a hobby. And, like, you know, I can say now, like, with these guys, we do a podcast together where we can talk about it week to week and talk about the news and, you know, stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. it's become, like, a thing that I can make myself more interesting with exactly yeah one of the biggest points one of my mentors at school i mean like a lot of my friends really like to dog on me for collecting in Mm. any way but he's like you know like we really dog on you for that but like realistically you're setting yourself up for the future because you have a hobby and something that like you do on the side because all these other kids in their free time just sit around on netflix they don't do anything Mm. they're just they're in college to simply go through the motions and he's like you're already doing more than most people are gonna really do to begin with yeah i'll tell you what like it you gotta have an outlet and Mm -hmm. it grounds you it keeps you young it keeps you creative and it really does bring you out of the bad stuff like social media can become such a toxic hellhole Mm -hmm. uh, you know and people will like you can say like oh have a great day and people will find a way to turn that into some (laughs) kind of a statement like it's it's absolute insanity and it's nice to have something to fall back on and your friends who dog you will eventually one day admit to you that they're jealous of you that they're mm-hmm. jealous that you have the uh <laughs> part of my friends the balls to be <laughs> okay they're, they're gonna someday they're gonna tell you that they'll be like you know mm-hmm. i admire that you're able to just like wear your nerd flag with pride and not mm-hmm. really care about it and i'll tell you there was a long time that i told nobody about my hobbies mm-hmm. like at mm-hmm. all nowadays i can't wait like i'm like trying to find ways to bring it up in conversation <laughs> and it's so hard because i'm like please ask me what i do for fun i want to tell you because i think i'm super cool now but yeah before totally different mm-hmm. i've i've kind of like i used to be very like especially like in elementary school like because me and my because jackson's my brother we used to get like bullied for liking star wars but now it's like i don't go outside of the house without wearing at least one thing star wars like my necklace i always wear is lego han solo and carbonite and i always have it on so it's like i always i just wear it on my sleeve now it's just it's always there i like telling people about it 
Lots of people still think I'm weird for it, but I've just gotten to the point where I do not care. Don't care. Yeah. I go out in public with a ring on my finger right here that in arabesque says, may the fourth be with you. And I have people ask me about that all the time. They're like, that's such a nice ring. Like, what does it say? And then I tell them and then they're like, oh, <laughs> so like, for a long time. I think it's dying down now, but the corporate world, like the in thing to do is to put a motivational or inspirational leadership quote in your email signature. So mm -hmm. I went probably seven straight years with uh, Yoda quotes and I changed yeah. it to a different Yoda quote here and there. But yeah, I mean, you know, wear that stuff. Be yourself. Yeah. Don't worry about what other people think. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and you were talking about like the negativity on like social media too. I mean, it, I feel like with the black series, like collecting community, it's gotten like pretty Worse. bad recently you know you have this really loud i feel like it's a loud minority that's just like really just going in on like not even just the line but like they'll go in on like the design team and like the like the pr people it's like and i noticed it most with um the Haslab rancor i know it's yeah. been a big topic of conversation for a lot of people here we go you know we had we had some guys in our discord that, you know, we're hoping that it got backed and like, you know, the time was going down and it missed it by what, like three or 400. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they were really bummed out. And then like, you just see people in these comment sections cheering that mm. it got, that it got, didn't get backed. I was like, that's just, that was why. weird. Isn't it's that yeah, it's weird? It's like, congratulations. We're never going to get another black series has lab now. And it's your fault. <laughs> Woo! So I had some pretty strong opinions on the rancor, but I was just amazed at how, like, my opinions really came down to the presentation of it. Like, I thought, believe it or not, I actually thought that the price wasn't terrible. But I thought that the way they promoted the entire thing, the way they sold it, the timing, everything was done wrong. Right. You know, and I had some nice, I, you know, you should, you know, I've talked to the Hasbro team on both Marvel and uh, Star Wars. They're actually very receptive to feedback. I can't believe how thick their skin is because I see the stuff people say to them. It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Like to the point where I'm like, can I not be associated with you? You're right. Because uh, again, it's really scary. Like you can criticize. That's okay. Right. But you don't need to be an ass about it. Yeah, you know? Right. And, I did watch your oh, pardon me. No, go right ahead. Oh, I did watch your video on the Rancor specifically. And like I really do agree with a lot of the points and I feel like you brought a very unique perspective to it as well. Obviously understanding the price of materials and yeah. stuff and the articulation that goes into it and what really makes it 350 to begin with, because yes, I understand you could buy back the Rancor or buy a new video game console this Christmas. You know what I mean? Like the option is really there because of the price. And I do agree with you. There was a lot of flaws with the marketing as well with the tiers and such. And now that really could have been fixed. And then the point that I really made before on the show is that I feel like the overall failure of it was poor communication, not only really from Hasbro itself, but then from the fans, like extreme negative reaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of felt bad afterwards. Like I was telling people like, <clears throat> listen, uh, you don't need to be this. Like people were, people are very angry that there's even a HasLab. How yeah. dare a multi-million to billion dollar company crowdfund something? Yeah. And like people seem to think that Hasbro is sitting on piles of money somewhere. And mm -hmm. I, I'm getting tired of it, but like I made a point to someone on Instagram today. Hasbro year over year over year 
and you can look it up because it's a publicly traded company, has produced a around the 15% profit margin. So every year it's about the same, but their prices are going up. That means that the cost of production must be going up somewhere. Now, mm -hmm. people are arguing with me saying, well, how come NECA toys are so much cheaper? And how come all these? And they're right. They are. The answer then comes down to one thing, and it's licensing. Disney mm -hmm. is like the mafia sometimes. They like be like, yo, we need our cut. <clears throat> and their cut's a big cut. Because now that I've gotten into the Mythic Legions land, and I see what they produce, and I see what it's costing them to produce it, now it's more, now it, that's how I'm kind of deducing how much the licensing must be. It's a lot more than I originally thought it was. Mm -hmm. So people don't think about that. And mm -hmm. the fact that Hasbro is doing crowdfunding, it's not crowdfunding. It's a different way of approaching commerce because they have to. They have to do that if they're going to maintain that 15% margin, which they have to do if they want to keep their jobs. If mm -hmm. not, they will just be, you know, they'll be fired. That's as simple as it is. It's yeah. not, not one person that's a publicly traded company. And that's just how it is. Like they have to figure out how to make their profit creative ways. That's what a smart company does. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're going to criticize them every second of the way because they're not a nonprofit. And mm -hmm. it's a very weird dichotomy because you know what would happen if, if they did everything people wanted and like, so here's your ranker, it's $150 and you don't have to pay us until after it comes out. And then in four years, they're the new toy biz, which you guys are too young to really understand. But they become the new toy biz, and they're gone. And now you're criticizing them like, they just don't know how to run a business. Like mm. we do with toy biz now. Toy biz, everyone looks back on fondly because they had such great value. That's why they were out of business. <laughs> they couldn't exactly. pay it. I think, I think at the end of the day, too, these are the same people that will complain no matter what. Yes. Because like... All these same people, you know, with the Rancor specifically, they wanted to see Malakili and Ula as stretch goals for the Rancor. So Hasbro came out and and keep in mind, like this figure is not even in the design phase yet. No. They came out and they were like, yeah, we'll um, we'll add Malakili to the base Rancor. You don't even have to get it to a stretch goal. It's just here it is. And then people still complained and they were like, well, it's too late. It's too little, too late. I'm like, well, I mean, really, is it? Because if that was the only reason you weren't going to back it, and now they're giving it to you. So like I was going to make a video about that, but I just didn't have time to do it and produce the whole thing. Because mm -hmm. to me, that was such an amazing symbolic gesture. Yeah. I agree. You know, like to go out and do that at the last minute. I mm -hmm. thought that was huge. And I yeah. actually back, I didn't tell anyone, but I did back it. Well, kind of, mm -hmm. I guess I didn't because it didn't get produced. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought that was great. And the fact that people were reacting to that that way, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Mm. Yeah. Like, oh, where's Ula? You're not going to get Ula. It's mm. not happening. We mentioned, like I said in our past episode, I'm like, you're stupid if you think that they're going to add space strippers into the child's toy line. And it's a Disney company. It's like, you're just, you, you must be smoking something because yeah. it's I mean, not going to happen. Thing, though. Like, let's be realistic here. I don't have a problem with it just because mm. have you seen the Marvel Legends? Yeah. The right. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. They are very highly sexualized. So it's not like mm. that's the issue. I don't think it's so much that. I mm. don't totally understand it. I think it's more of a Disney just is trying to, I think Disney really is just like, they don't really care. They're just trying to make sure no one is outraged. People yeah. were outraged over Slave Leia. So now mm. it's like, let's just do no scantily clad women from Return of the Jedi. Like mm -hmm. I'm expecting Jabba the Hutt's next figure to have a t-shirt on. Like he can't be naked. <laughs> you know? So 
you know, I kind of thought that this was a perfect place for Ula because it's not for kids. It's not going to be it's in not, stores, know. you know, but hey, listen, clearly they also thought that these guys aren't dumb. The marketing teams are incredibly smart, but they didn't, they, they couldn't do it, but they also can't say they can't do it. Mm. So they're in between a rock and a hard place, which kind of leads me to the Rancor is the wrong pick for their first Haslab. Mm. Like because of the limitations, because of what you can't make with it, the best solution would have been to not to not do that project. Right. What would right. you have rather seen as a have lab? Like, so I have multiple options. Way. We could have gone X-Wing route. It would have been about the same price. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that would have done very well because mm -hmm. the TIE fighter didn't. What I would have liked would be world-building diorama pieces, not mm -hmm. like plastic vintage collection cloud city stuff where it's looks like it's made for kids but stuff that looks like some of the stuff that we're seeing made by third parties that you see on big bad toy store some of the diorama right. kits they're making mm -hmm. imagine what hasbro could do with the ability to use the licensing mm -hmm. uh company a few years ago came out with space walls you ever see them they were yes. yeah. scale. they're like 200 for a wall and a floor and they did not have to pay a license. Imagine what Hasbro could produce. They could have came out with like a whole Death Star kit where you can build a trash compactor, a conference room, a hallway, a hangar. They could have done mm -hmm. the same thing with the Falcon. You don't get a Falcon. A Falcon will be the size of a mattress. But you could yeah. have had a cockpit. You could have had a uh, chess, space chess table. You could have done all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Black Series is honestly probably not the best place for HasLab. Mm -hmm. I definitely see what you mean. I I remember I was constantly joking around saying I wish they they would do a Hazlab uh Bad Batch shuttle just because yeah. it'd be the size of a living room <laughs> and I thought that that'd be funny. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't be surprised if they do that for the vintage collection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would buy yeah. that. Like it's hands probably going to happen, you know. But they're not going to make ships anymore if they don't do them on Haslab because the stores don't want them on the shelves. It takes up right. too mm -hmm. much real estate for a small profit yeah. margin. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's it's I feel I felt bad that it didn't get backed. Um and like I, I would have liked to have seen it like become a thing. Um, but at the same time, like I just saw a lot of arguments where people would say like they feel like Hasbro never listens. And like one with the Malakili thing, that was literally like we were talking about. That was last minute, they did not have to do that. And also, like, I remember when I started collecting the Black Series in 2019, the sentiment was very much overwhelmingly, like, we want to see more Clone Wars figures. We want to see more of characters from, like, the older video games. We want to see more of this. We want to see more of that. And if you look at the line now, there are tons of Clone Wars figures. Like, the Clone Wars, yeah. like, galaxy art packaging is yep. one of the biggest in the line. It's what that and the Mandalorian have the two biggest so far, yep. like I think, right? And so People like want to complain is really what it comes down yeah, to. Really exactly. Like it's they're good. going to complain and they'll be like they'll say things like Hasbro doesn't care. They just want to they don't even they don't understand their business is going to fail because all they do is make Boba Fett and clones. And I'll say you realize that that's because they sell. Like I got into like a little spat with someone the other day about it. I'm like, no man, we need more aliens. They would sell. I'm like, oh really tell that to uh the little guy from the Mandalorian who's sitting on shelves everywhere, the Ugnot. Quill. Quill, yeah. right? Quill, yeah. yeah. So, no, they don't. It's that simple. Like the newest wave, the Black Series Wave 6 is what it technically is, the one with uh, Fennec Shade and Bill Burr. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. The two lowest selling figures are the aliens. Exactly. Yep. Like for me personally, well, that's a lie. The lowest selling is Princess Leia because she's the yeah, 90th Princess Leia. But then it's Panda Baba and Dr. Evazon. Or whatever mm. the hell his name is. I stuck a name. <laughs> but yeah, like they got it right. You got it right. right. Yeah, they don't sell. And that's mm. just what it yeah. is. And that, yeah, that because the other part of it too is like with the Black Series, I see a lot of, at least with the people that we interact with in our little community a lot of people troop build and a lot of yes. people get figures that they can customize or they can do different things to. And when you have an alien, that's a very specific species and it's like the only one in star Wars that's like that, you really can't customize or, or do too much with it. Like at least that's one of the things with Marvel legends is like, they can do a lot of reuse because a lot of the characters are from comic books. So they have the same general design mm -hmm. with star Wars. If you do like a unique alien, you have to put a lot of original sculpting into it and yeah. a lot of original paint apps. And you can never reuse that a lot of the times. Whereas with Marvel legends, you can have tons and tons of figures that just have different paint apps or maybe a different accessory on top. And you can save tons of money by not having to make a new mold. And they don't have endless source material either. Right. It's not like yeah. Marvel. So mm -hmm. I'm more, I've talked to the Marvel team quite a bunch between personal interviews and social media to say that they none of these guys listen to the fans is insanity. That's all they do. Their ears to the grindstone on all of this. The Star Wars team is a little bit more, I guess, they're not as obvious with it. But like, because mm -hmm. the Marvel team will just make jokes about it on their like live streams. They'll be like, "Hey, here's your uh, double jointed female elbows. You're always complaining about." And at first, when I started really watching and pay attention to the live streams, I'm like, man, way to take a shot at your fans. But then I started to take a look into what these people say. If you think that like Facebook's toxic, check out a Pulse live streams chat. The live oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's so bad. Mm -hmm. We live stream a lot of Pulse stuff and we don't even look at the chat. No, we don't bother. Nope. No. Too bad. No, like some of the toy YouTubers, like we'll all start like PMing each other. Like, why could do we have to identify with these people? Like the stuff they're saying, and they're just nasty. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And like, if you think the Star Wars ones are bad, I'm of the impression right now, GI Joe seems to be the worst group. Mm -hmm. Really, they're the angriest ones. ones. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're very angry. Well, there was the whole. I know there was a big debacle right out the gate with um, Major Blood coming out. There and... was again, like they blame Hasbro, but it goes yeah. like you're not blaming the problem here. The problem is is twofold. One. It's not meant to all come out the same day. It's not a video game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just because you can't find it the day you want it doesn't mean it's a problem. Mm. But really, it came down to Target. And they learned their lesson and they got it fixed. But people were so freaking out that they're paying stupid numbers for it. You know, mm -hmm. people paid for the newest uh, Bat and Alley Viper on Halloween. I posted a two pictures of sold auctions for $500 for each a figure. Yep. Whoa. What? Five hundred for each one to get it now, versus twenty three dollars to get it in a couple of months. Oh my! That's worse God. than Star Wars. Yep. That is like, to give you an idea. So I, I'm selling cases of you can get an army builder pack, a full case of either one of the army builders. So I think it's like one hundred and eighty dollars. No, it's less than that. It's like one hundred and forty. Uh, think about that. You could have built an army of like. 20 of these things 
But no, you have one of each instead. No, you could have built like 40 <laughs> of each. Like it's insanity. But I just don't get it. Like I get it for some of the toy YouTubers because they're playing like their whole business or YouTube strategy is we want to be the first to review it. Yeah. But if you just need to be the first to have it for the hell of it and it's not a business strategy, you might need help. You're dumb. That's fine. Yeah. It, it, it's like it's it's nuts. And you know what? I'm that makes me feel better because when I started collecting, these guys know I was I was notorious. I'd be like, oh, I just bought a figure on eBay or Mercari and I paid this much for it. And they would go, dude, that's like four times more than it's worth. Mm -hmm. And I'd go, oh, really? Mm -hmm. well, that sucks. But that makes me feel a lot better knowing that somebody I would never spend five hundred dollars. I just wow. It's I the remember. FOMO factor, man. I That's did it a couple of times back in the early 2000s because I would get paranoid. Like when the preview figures for episode two came out, I had to get them. And I'm like, what if I don't find them? And I found them in a collectible store for twenty five a piece. And they were five dollars back then. And I paid it. Yeah. And no. what was the other one? Only one time that I ever pay up for a figure. It was a Power of the Jedi Expanded Universe Darth Maul. And I paid $18 for it, where it was usually seven. And I still, I never saw it in a store ever. And this is back when I was hitting probably five stores a day. No. So it, only ones that it ever matter. And I only paid an extra $11. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's scary. People go nuts and... Some people's whole life is just reselling this stuff. And I totally don't understand that because there's just not enough money to be made in no. doing it for it to be worth being condemned by the rest of the fans. So I don't get it. It That's a whole nother thing. That's, I mean, and that's what I will say about the fan channels again. I remember when the, I think it was the archive 501st clone yes. came out. You were selling them by the case yes. on your website, which I thought was really cool because if you go to like Walmart, I mean, to, and it was eight a case, right? Or six? Six for the, uh, no, it's eight. It's eight. Yeah. Eight a case. I mean, for me to get eight in the wild, I would have to hit four different Walmarts, for example, and there would have to be two at each Walmart for me to get eight so like that's an advantage again to like the fan channels and the other thing you know it's going to be shipped properly it's not going to yeah. be a situation where like the figures come in and the card back is folded in half or you know yeah but, yeah i think it's a huge advantage it is it definitely is it's crazy and people are some people were actually mad at me for that they're like this is why there's not enough to what? go around what and i'm like you realize that I can order up to 800 cases of these per transaction. I can go back into another transaction for another 800 if I want to tomorrow. Jeez. Like it's not an issue of that. It's just an issue of getting them. Like that, that wave specifically for God knows what reason has been pushed back insanely. Like that's mm. now saying I haven't seen it anywhere. I've seen a couple of them ship out of some of the stores, like a, literally a couple of orders, but they're now saying next summer on that. Yeah. Yep. I did see that on Entertainment Earth. It's August of 2022. Yeah, in the summer. But yeah, I know. It's hard to tell how much of that's true, because like you know, I had a distributor send me an email for uh, the Marvel Legend Ursa Major Wave, telling me, "Hey, this isn't coming until April of 2022." This was in October, and then a week later, it showed up. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm always afraid now to change dates on things because mm -hmm. people get so paranoid that I'm going to just cancel it on them. When in reality. It's coming. There's occasionally things that are at risk of cancellation, 
And when that happens, like I, the Black Series Captain Rex, I took him off the store because I heard rumors that he might get canceled. Now that didn't happen. Looks like everything's good there. But you know, me, Dorkside, BBTS, Entertainment Earth, we all took him down just to be responsible. We don't want to oversell on something that we're not going to get at all. But mm -hmm. it's not like, so we all are smart in that we don't just set our pre-orders up blindly. We set them up based off of what we order. So they turn off at a certain point. Not many people know this, but uh, Amazon, Walmart, they don't actually, Walmart does to a certain extent. They don't actually set an allocation. They just order a whole bunch of stuff sell everything they can and if they run out they just cancel your order they don't even think about it oh no kidding yeah they don't like well amazon's notorious for it uh yeah yeah so that's why you never pre-order from amazon only get in stock from them unless it's an exclusive mm -hmm. i was seeing that um that bad batch four pack of figures with like the racks yes. and hauser in it were getting canceled by amazon in canada so some people are probably waking up to that email and just be like about it that's crazy. That will, yep. yeah, that's, it sucks. And like the shipping thing is just a nightmare. Like mm -hmm. knowing when and where things are. And now they're just assigning dates so far in the future to prevent people from getting mad. Like the Boba Fett that came out today, they're saying fall of 2022. I don't mm -hmm. think that's actually going to happen. I think it will be out before then, but I think they're just like, let's just hedge our bets. Screw it. Mm. That's true. Yeah, but I think that people are very quick to just get outraged about stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, I know that there were people that were upset about the Boba Fett being so far off, you know. And if there, I feel like, again, there's just no happy medium with a lot of people. They're going to be mad if it's too soon. They're going to be mad if it's too far off. You know, it, there's always people going to be complaining. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we got on our last podcast episode, we got pretty like heated about that topic. Yes. <laughs> and it got to the point where I, I think it was either me or Jacob was just like, honestly, do us all a favor and just stop collecting, save some more product for the rest of us, because yeah, it's... if it makes you that upset, then just, just stop. I don't get, I really don't get it. Like today, the big thing is the price of that new Boba Fett. Everyone's very angry about how, how expensive he is. And again, I, I get it. He is expensive. He pro he isn't. They are making more on that than they all are on other figures. But again, it's all a balancing act. If they were to lower that, they'd probably have to raise the price of their general figures then to make up for it, to get to their margin. And right. people aren't looking at it real like rationally. They're looking at it emotionally, and that's what drives me nuts. I'm like, take your emotion out of this. Just mm -hmm. chill out. Like this is not. Scrooge McDuck up in Rhode Island Hasbro headquarters jumping into a pool of money. Take a look at what they do for charities and stuff. Like they're not, yeah, like chill. Stuff's going up. Prices are expensive. Licensing fees are expensive. Toys are expensive. Good Lord. NECA has raised their price on me like seven times in the last four months since I've been with them. Wow. Like they are one of the best things to sell because of the fact that they are pretty darn cheap. But they have gone up in wholesale about $5 a figure since July. Wow. Dang. Yikes. So, like, the days of the $30 NECAs are done. Mm. I know um, Disney just put out a special today on their Disney Insider Show for Disney+. Plus. I don't know if you got to see that yet, but it was talking wow. about the design process of making the Black Series figures, hmm. which was a little bit interesting. They specifically showed off um, Fennec Shan and Boba Fett just to hype up the show a little bit more. 
but they were talking about how like obviously like you start from you get the reference images to they basically um resin cast make figures and whatnot and then they have to hand paint them do all the detail like so intricately and then they were explaining that once the product is finished that you have to send it to lucasfilm so they can approve it and then if only then it is approved then it has to go back to hasbro which has to go to china then to be discussed about making multiple prototypes to start the design so i mean i feel like yes for how many figures that the black that people in the black series line are going to complain look bad like some of the miss paints on clones miss armors like with imperial crosshair and the bad batch and whatnot for how much there is of that complaints on that one oh really, really? the imperial crosshair yeah yeah there people were complaining about like the, the shoulder. shoulder pads not being accurate you know the classic I think it looks awesome there are wine 18 in months is the lead time from figure from concept to shelf mm -hmm. exactly and yeah, that was before the pandemic mm -hmm. yeah so i thought that was very interesting really to see more of the process but then i feel like all these collectors need to watch that to honestly understand as well that again i feel like it is, it brings it back to your point that the star wars licensing is so expensive and exclusive that it creates so many problems in the line of figures because if you have to send it to them so they can intricately look at everything to make sure it's right and then like imagine i could imagine there's probably been a figure or two that they really thought was good and then lucasfilm was like no you need to redo this i'm sure and i'm sure that there's things where it's like hey listen uh we can't tell you why but don't make this you know like <laughs> I'm sure that kind of stuff happens too. Although in my head, I imagine that they, when they send it to Lucasfilm, it just gets forwarded to George and he's like sitting <laughs> in a room. He goes, this isn't Jar Jar. Get rid of it. <laughs> that would be funny. So I have a couple questions, right. not like action figure related, just kind of general okay. Star Wars stuff. So I do want to hear, um, actually, I'll just kind of ask them one at a time. First of all, what's your favorite movie? Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay, nice. It's a good one. No shame though. Why Return oh. of the Jedi? Uh, I love a good redemption story arc, and first time I saw it, I did not see it coming. Oh, so I it, it wasn't looking back on it now. It's kind of tell like it's kind of telegraph. Like Luke, I'm going to make you turn back. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. And now looking back on it, it's like, oh, how did I miss it? But the first time I saw it. Like the idea of Vader saving his son, sacrificing himself, taking the helmet off, seeing the man that was destroyed underneath and he's not a monster. Uh, the storyline really, it, it really got me. Mm -hmm. Now, later on, I'm like, I had to, you know, as I watched it for the hundredth time, it was like, can this still be my favorite with all this amount of Ewoks? <laughs> yeah, I guess it can. That's awesome. So I have another question. So the three of us are huge fans of Star Wars Visions, which was, you know, the Star Wars anime project that came out. What are your thoughts on that? It's actually on my hoodie right now. Okay. Shout out to Jacob and Jackson. They got me this hoodie. But um, True story. Haven't watched an episode yet. Ooh. We recommend it. We recommend I will. it. Um, especially I will. if you like anime. If you like anime, this is fantastic. Yeah. So I don't not like anime, but it's just something I never got into. So it's gonna. there's going to be the... I don't know how I feel about this animation style moment, but I love the idea of what if style stories. Mm -hmm. So uh, there was a comic book line done by Dark Horse in the late 90s. 
and it was called Infinities, and it was the same idea where they took a single moment in the Star Wars trilogy and changed it. So, like, what if Luke didn't blow up the Death Star? What if Luke died in the Wampa Cave? And they would run out the entire trilogy. Like, one of them where Luke dies in the Wampa Cave, It end, Return of the Jedi ends with Yoda invading a Death Star and crashing it on the Coruscant to crush the Emperor. Like, it was just insanity. Hmm. Like, go check those out. They're on the Marvel That's app. They're insane. But crazy. I love those kind of stories. So what did you think then about the announcement that Dark Horse is coming back to Star Wars? I like it because Dark Horse, I really love Dark Horse Mar uh, Star Wars because that's what got me in the comics. I read those mm -hmm. for years before I read anything else. Marvel and DC even, they've gotten somewhat stale lately. And mm -hmm. it's... It's not it's more that I've noticed that they're stale lately. Like they are they've always been a comic books has always been a model the political culture type of thing, but yeah. it's never felt so in your face. Mm. So divisive is probably the word. So uh, us versus them. So let's split people in half like it does now. Uh and it definitely feels forced with some stories, you know. Uh, so whereas with Dark Horse, they're very much like, let's just tell the story and go from there. Mm -hmm. like the, and they've gotten really, they, they did some really creative stuff. Like they did the Infinities thing. Yep. They did another one where it was basically like James Bond, but as an Imperial agent. Mm -hmm. uh, that was like 10 years ago. It was a Imperial secret agent and it was like all the different stuff he did. That's sick. That's so neat. See, I I read the one. Um, it was like about Obi Wan. I think it was called Obi Wan Kenobi. It was the one where they go to this planet. I don't know if it was like a moon of Naboo, but there was like the sickness that was killing all the Gungans, and then like Dirge shows up, and um, him and Obi Wan fight back and forth, and they got these like weird hives on their bodies. It was it was really really like grotesque. But like I remember when I was like seven reading it, it was so good. So I was really big into all of the Star Wars novels for a really long, long time. And so for me, like I really enjoy Star Wars comics. The stuff that came out from Marvel in the last few years, though, has been, from for Star Wars, absolutely incredible. Uh, it started to get a little stale, though, is mm -hmm. the problem. More so the stories of Han and Leia. Like, there's only so much you can do yeah, with right. Han and Leia in between a new hope and empire uh, mm -hmm. to make it interesting. Now, when they start telling Vader stories and telling stories about what's going on with him and Palpatine in between, I'm like hooked, like all in. I want to see this stuff. Mm -hmm. Those are always cool. I, um, I just wanted to like touch on, um, cause you mentioned like how Marvel comics are kind of like politicized me and Jackson. Like I remember we went to this oh, place. It was okay. called like, it was called like Angie's attic. It was like, it's, it doesn't exist anymore, but it was like an antique store. And I remember in the corner one time, we found like a box of comics. And one of the ones, it was like Captain America and the war on drugs. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Captain, it was basically a whole publicity thing of don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. And like the bad guys were basically the human embodiments of heroin and weed. It was really funny. So it's like looking like reading those then I was just like, okay, this is a good comic. I'm looking at it now. I'm like, well, this is a very big time piece. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like I started a project, a personal project about a year ago where I'm going back and reading everything from Marvel from 1998 wow. forward. And when I say everything, I don't mean like all the little books. I mean, all the mainline books. 
interesting because you can see parts of the political discourse in there, but it's not incredibly overt. Okay. Right. So like 2001 ish or like nine 11 time, you can see there's a lot of nationalism in there. There's a lot of talking about American pride. And then as we get in toward the mid two thousands, there's a lot of like privacy Patriot act stuff, but it's also, it's not like preachy, you know, right. uh, you look back, Marvel has always been very much a political thing, but usually it's in ways to unite people, not divide. X-Men mm -hmm. are a great example. Uh, X-Men was an allegory for racism. So, uh, I once read that even though he said it wasn't true, but people think that uh, Stan Lee, that Charles Xavier is supposed to be Martin Luther King and uh, Magneto's Malcolm X, the two different ways of going about civil rights. Uh, I don't know if that was an intention, but it certainly does parallel it. But you look at the stories, the X-Men are always leading through compassion, love, kindness, even of people who don't understand them and trying to bring a, people together whereas now it seems like the whole political discourse is to tear apart in the comics too and that's where it gets kind of crappy like i don't mind having some politics on my comics yeah let's see captain america punch hitler that, i'm fine with that yeah. uh it's when we start getting into that other stuff you yeah. know when we start getting into the point where i'm like oh i can see what you're doing to me what you're trying to tell me right now i get it congratulations mm -hmm. uh but yeah, it's definitely interesting to to do to, to see. But I think that's just where we are as a country right now. Everything is overly right. politicized, and it's mm -hmm. it's crazy. I mean, I it's, it's crazy. Away. That's one of the reasons that I like. One of my favorite things to do is watch South Park because it is yes. the most like. If you want an example of of someone that could do political commentary, but be fair, literally, like, balanced across the way, it's South Park. They'll make fun of the left. They'll make fun of the right. They'll make fun of the middle. They'll make fun of everybody. It's great. I love it. It is funny. I actually, I never watched South Park in my life until this year. I have an hour, I had an hour gap between one of my classes, so me and my roommate would turn it on and just watch it, and it was just so incredibly funny. I would totally oh, recommend funny. it. Not for our children audience. <laughs> no, I'll say that. watch it. That came out when I was in eighth grade, and I still believe it's going strong. I think that for people who are like super hardcore movie fans like me, they'll take like it'll probably go over most people's heads, but they'll add in movie storylines into their stories that most people don't see. I was watching one the other night where they closed down KFC, and the KFCs became medicinal marijuana clinics. <laughs> And Cartman was having a hard time getting off the KFC and he went to like a, a methadone clinic and they had little shots of KFC gravy. And they ended up doing an entire spoof of how Cartman was black marketing Kentucky fried chicken into Colorado, but they did it to the entire theme of Scarface. Like they mirrored scenes. And I'm like, I wonder how many people realize that what they're doing here. Like there's a scene in Scarface where he goes to Bolivia to secure like heroin distribution. Well, in South Park, they do the exact same music, the exact same font, and instead of saying Bolivia, it says Kentucky, and it's Cartman going to find the girl. It's fantastic. They do that kind of stuff all the time, and I live for it. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of like shows that are clever. 
you know, yeah. because I, as an audience member and kind of like you were saying with the comics, everything is very spoon fed to you right now. Damn, like, you I'm know, sorry. if there's like a, you're good. If there's like a, a message that they want, they just go, Hey, here's the message right here. Here yeah. it is. But like, I, I like when shows and movies, I mean, just look at like movies like V for Vendetta and like things like that. That's a lot of it is so intellectual and a lot of it is so, I mean, the messaging is is there very clearly, yeah. but like they do it in such interesting ways that mm -hmm. it you can tell someone really sat down and thought this out instead of yeah, just mm -hmm. going, this is the message I want to get. Hurry up and put out a story on it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like, let's just what do we do? How do we demonize this person? Oh, just compare him to Hitler. Got it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. That's a formula that, now. That's was that was something I really liked about um one of the newer Marvel shows for uh, WandaVision. Oh, it was how oh. creative it was. Just because, like, the whole beginning of it, you don't know that spoilers for WandaVision if anybody hasn't seen it, <laughs> but you don't know that the whole world was created by Wanda. There's just like little subtle hints to let you know that something isn't right. Yeah. And that's why I loved it so much because it made it interesting. It wasn't just like it overtly let you know what was going on. You knew something was wrong, but you never knew what. So you just still kind of went along with the world until it all fell apart. So that was like what, what I really liked about that show. Was that was so different. Was. That was. People, a lot of people disagree with me, but that is my absolute favorite of the Marvel shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Loki close. was the best in my opinion, but uh, that was like Loki. Actually, Loki's my late, my least. No kidding, no kidding. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I kind, I'm not a huge fan of timeline jumping stories to begin with. That was the That's thing I really uh, liked about it. So yeah, yeah, like it's not really my thing, and I felt like it really took the. Uh, it took the sales out of his death scene that was so emotional and so heartfelt. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel this now. And yeah, I just wasn't like, it was, it was pretty obvious where they were going with it, with the Kang thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, there was just something about it. I didn't love mm -hmm. uh, captain cap and the winter soldier. I liked, but I felt like it was too drawn out. Like I felt like they could have got it done in four episodes. I could agree with that. You okay. know? I really enjoyed What If, but I think I still have a couple episodes to watch. Mm -hmm. But again, that's just the style I like. And so far, I love Hawkeye. Like, oh, that's like it's been yeah. so I haven't yeah. seen the latest episode, yeah, but that yeah. show is so much fun. I haven't seen the latest episode either. I, I forgot it was Wednesday. Finals oh. week has me messed up. Oh, it's I, I haven't seen this one yet either. Uh I haven't even Ooh. read the spoilers yet, which is odd for me, but I'm expecting like we're going to see, like, I think we're going to see some big time surprises in this. Some of them are obvious. Did you guys mm -hmm. see last week's with uh, yes. Echo, Maya? Mm -hmm. yes, yes, I did. You hear the laugh? Yes. I, I, I watched like, the Screen Rant videos, and he does a good job of pointing that yeah. stuff out. Because yeah. I'm not as big into Marvel. It's, it's actually uh -oh. funny. Like, in uh -oh. high school, I was kind of how I am with Star Wars now with Marvel. I was so into it. I knew everything about it. And then I drifted away from Marvel and got more into Star Wars. So now mm -hmm. I'm like more of like a casual like MCU fan more than yeah. I am like a Marvel fan. Mm -hmm. So I have to watch like the Screen Rant videos. It's not like Star Wars where I'm like, yep, there's that, there's that, there's that thing. I did it backwards. I started off more Star Wars. But after the sequels, I was like, now what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The sequels killed me. Honestly, like I'm not a sequel hater. I actually enjoyed The Force Awakens, and yeah. I enjoyed parts of The Last Jedi, but Return of Skywalker was some of the worst crap I've ever seen. Like, beginning to end, I don't find many redeeming parts of it. 
I thought that was, that's like the, my third favorite on my list. See, we're oh. all different. <laughs> all three of us are different about it because yes. I like the Last Jedi most out of the three. He likes you. Actually, you guys both like the Rise yeah, of Skywalker like most, Skywalker and like the general consensus with the Force Awakens, I feel like from most of the fans, it's a good movie. Is that it's just a good movie? It's mm -hmm. fun. It's annoying yeah. in that they retell the same story. The Last Jedi. My problem is the entire, Chance like the entire casino sequence. I'm like, why yeah. is this in here? There are some times where I'll watch that movie and because I'll, I mean, it's my third favorite Star Wars movie, actually, um, really? mainly because of like the, I, I won't get into it, but basically, long story short, the portrayal of Luke, I like him as a fallible hero in that movie. And I'm, I'm looking at it just from that movie, not, you know, yeah. Luke Skywalker, whatever. So, um, but there are times where I'll watch that movie and I'll just, get, we'll get to the Canto Bite sequence and I'll go, ah, fast forward. <laughs> I'll just skip. Fast Until forward it's over. through Croatia. Fast forward through. <laughs> there it is. No, I, I have watched his. I have watched the final battle so many times. Like that. That hit home to me in a lot of ways. Like Rise of Skywalker. I hated the Emperor coming back. I felt like I kind of ruined, like Return of the Jedi. The whole point is Anakin finally fulfills the prophecy. Mm -hmm. Right. But then he doesn't. <laughs> you know. So much is never explained. I hated Snoke dying the way he did. I hated mm -hmm. the fact that nothing else was really. I just hated it. I hated all parts of it. Like I wanted it. I wanted them to tie in other things. I wanted Snoke to be Darth Plagueis, but no, we couldn't go that route. Mm -hmm. No. I mean, there's definitely a lot of things in that movie that it's like, I wish it happened, but it, the reason why I like it so much, it was because it was the combination of the Mandalorian coming out and then that. And I feel like, I because Kylo Ren was like he's like one of my favorite characters hands down. So seeing him be redeemed into Ben Solo is like one of the main reasons why I like the movie so much. So the combination of the uh, Mandalorian and that movie is what started this whole collection and everything. It started right after Rise of Skywalker. So it's like it's one of the reasons why it's high on my list is because it was kind of the catalyst that's like really accelerated all this. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I I also don't I I felt like uh, of all people. I didn't want to see Ben. I didn't want to see Ben Solo redeemed. Like he mm, felt really? like he was too far gone for me, Dang. and that was like the personal thing of like you killed your father. You suck. You know. I, you know. I enjoyed but the Anakin fact that Han took it the way he did. A lot of people were like, "Man, what a crappy way to get rid of Han." I thought that was perfect. Like that is the, like if you're a father, you understand that's the hero's death. If you can die to save your kid or to potentially save your kid. That's the way you do it. That's like the yeah. perfect way to go. You know, but... I will say in the Rise of Skywalker, um, because my father is the same way that you are about it. He is just not a fan of the sequels. And ever since we started this podcast, he has tried on multiple occasions to like, oh, you guys brought up some good points about them that I didn't think about. Let me try to like rewatch them. And he just every time he goes, I just can't watch the Rise of Skywalker. But like there's one scene that <laughs> there's one scene that like he and I always talk about, and it's the scene where they're on, uh, it's called Kef Burr is the planet, right? Um, and it's where detail. Kylo, he feels Leia die, and he oh, turns yeah. around and sees Han Solo, and they have that exchange. Mm -hmm. And like that, it, especially because, you know, my relationship with my father, that's a very powerful scene because the way my father parents is, you know, I'll let you fall on your face, but like, I'll be there to pick you up. Because yeah. that's how you learn is by failing on your own and then, you know, having the support system to help you get up. So I think that that scene 
is really impactful for like my relationship with my dad. And so, you know, we talk about that, but yeah. I did like that. I liked that whole dynamic. I didn't like the fact that Han and Leia weren't together at the beginning of Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that felt off. That felt like that was unbreakable. Like I had no problem with Ben being the villain, but mm-hmm. that felt off. It was just so many things that felt off. You know, mm-hmm. I, now I look back. So now it's weird because like I grew up on the prequels. That's my age. And as yep. much as I trashed them at the time, now I really appreciate them. <laughs> so I'm working on a video for the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones that I can't believe we're coming up on. I know. And, ugh, it's weird. Like I've now cut like Attack of the Clones before the sequels was always by far my most hated movie of the trilogies. Now I'm like, you know, if we just take out all the scenes on Naboo, this is pretty damn good. <laughs> we take out, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I, that's the most memed movie at this point. Like you, like, oh yeah, with the oh, Anakin sure. Padme thing, mm-hmm. the pair, mm-hmm. <laughs> the pair scene. Just <laughs> I don't like sand. It's cold, it's itchy. Quartz. We have yeah. um, it's everywhere. We have another guest that we had on the show. His name is um, Chosen One, a Star Wars podcast. Yes, and he tagged us in this video and i can't unsee it or unhear it of how they did the sound effect for anakin and padme's kiss before they go into the arena and it's like just two people kissing their hands and then going that's not right that didn't sound right let's go back again and do it again and i sat there just that's not right all the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up and i was like i i can't so now whenever i watch that scene i'm like I can't watch it without laughing. There's a couple really funny older YouTube videos that two people uh, that people put together. One is where this guy went on a like hour long rampage about why episode one's the worst movie ever made. And he does it like in a persona of a drunken, creepy person with the FBI raiding his house in the end. And he's like, I haven't been this disappointed in a movie since my son hung himself in a gas station bathroom. Like, it was just so over the top funny. Uh, But, like, he made so many good points. He's like, describe Qui-Gon Jinn's character to me. I don't know. Is he drunk? Maybe he likes Jinn. Maybe that's why they call him Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, it was so funny. But then there was the other one where they actually had like animated George Lucas interviews and like, they'd be like, George, tell us about Jar Jar. Well, Jar Jar is my favorite character. And people say there's too much Jar Jar, but Star Wars is for me, not for them. So if I, you tell me to paint my house blue, I'll paint it Jar Jar. (laughs) And then they had another one where he's like, and then I knew that we needed an older Anakin. So I called Hayden and I said, Hayden. I'm playing again. And they have like Hayden Christensen as like a barely mentally like functioning person. He's like, ha ha ha, George, why am I so I can? <laughs> it was just so crazy. And yeah, it's crazy. I, I think I think the thing that summed it up for me at the end, like I felt like there was when I'm when I was watching Rise of Skywalker, so it was my son's first ever movie in the theater. Really? Oh. Yeah. And like usually. I am very positive coming out of movies. This is the first movie I ever saw that I didn't have to talk myself back out of. Like, usually I'm like, okay, maybe it wasn't as good as I thought. That one, I literally said at the end as the credits come up, you have got to be kidding me. That was it? Hmm. Like, the the thing that officially got the groan for me is like, they had to make sure they got every, every piece of inclusion in at the end. Like, we even got the ladies kissing. I'm like, 
Why? Like, did you just feel you had to do that? I don't have a problem with it, but why? Like, how does that part of the story? Oh, we need to put it in. Like, why does, why do we need to see? There was just so much, so much of it. And it was just, it was funny though. After The Force Awakens, they needed something that, uh, South Park again. They were like, okay, nobody, everyone wants to kneel for a national anthem. We need a new national anthem. We can only go to one person. We got to go to JJ. So they go to Abrams <laughs> to make a new national anthem. And he comes out, and the new national anthem is the same exact song, but it starts with, please stand or sit or kneel or lie down for the national anthem so nobody <laughs> can protest it. And then people are like, by God, he's done it. It's so familiar, yet different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to find that episode. Oh, yeah, I've never seen great. that one. Um, you know, and that's, I think with, with the, with, I don't know where I'm trying to go with this. I think with the newer movies, I think that I'm very appreciative of like new ideas and, you know, bringing different concepts into star Wars and stuff. But I feel like there's a difference between doing it tastefully and doing it just to do it. And I think a big thing that I like so much about shows like the Mandalorian and um, you know, the bad batch and all this new stuff coming out is like, For example, look at the season two finale of Mando. Mm -hmm. You have a scene where it's Bo-Katan, Koska Reeves, and Fennec Shand going through this light cruiser, just wreaking havoc, and Mm -hmm. and Cara Dune, like the four of them. And like, it took me till like five minutes into the sequence to realize, oh, holy crap, this is a sequence of all female characters just kicking ass. But it didn't need to be shoved down my throat whereas juxtaposed you have in uh endgame i was just thinking that you have it it's just i remember sitting in the theater going oh i see what they're doing here that's what i meant earlier about like doing it in a clever way you know you're showing these characters they're not badass just because they're women Mm. they're badass because they have actual depth of character and you want to build the character yes like Cara Dune, forget about Gina Carano for a second, but Cara Dune, the character, contrast her with Ray. Yeah. Right? Exactly. One of them people love. One of them people don't love. Ray has no character. What is her character? I'm really good at things. Uh, I just figured out how to become a Jedi Master out of nowhere. <laughs> like she has no character. <laughs> Whereas Cara Dune, you have you see it built over episodes, her anger and her like aggression towards the Empire. And you really start same exact thing with Bogotan, same exact thing with Kashka Reeves, who have like four lines, you know. And then, it, yeah, it's like, so what was the point of Ray? Was the point of Ray that you just felt like you had to have a female lead so bad that you felt like you didn't even need to come up with a whole good story for her? Like, and then they had like the perfect story in Finn. I thought Finn was going to be the star of the trilogy, yep. right. Like I thought he had the he could have had the best arc, but then he got relegated to like secondary character. And I'm like, mm. what the hell just happened? That was that was a whole thing. I mean, I know we've brought it up. The the yeah. Finn thing was because of, of China. And of you know, they didn't want to see um uh I didn't a know black that. man as yeah, they didn't want they told Disney we won't show the Star Wars movies in our theaters if you make a black man, the main character of the movies. So they, they Disney sidelined him because so that's that. disappointing. That's really it disappointing is. to hear. Cause yeah. 
screw you, China. We're going to do it anyway, you know? Well, and that's what, Jacob, you yeah. brought up. What is the thing about Eternals that yeah. happened? Um, Eternals got canceled in China because... In some, Saudi Arabia. And, yeah, because yeah, some of the main protagonists were black and gay. And they were like, we're not having that. And Disney said, screw you. We're making the movie and we're going to play it. Which it's like, I haven't seen Eternals. I'm probably not going to see it till it's on Disney Plus just because I wasn't that interested in it. But I applaud Disney for going against the grain and being like, this isn't going to make us the most money, but we're going to do it because it's what we what we want to do creatively. Well, see, I don't know, though, how much of that is. I think that, so. I have zero faith in Disney, as you're about to tell. I think they wouldn't if this was reversed and it was China telling them that they would not have done it anyway, in my opinion, because China represents a lot more money than Saudi Arabia. Right. Mm. You know, Saudi Arabia, they can be like, hey, look what we did. Yeah, look at us. And people are going to be like, yeah, good job, Disney. And they'll, they'll have lost so little, they'll actually have a net gain out of it. Mm. I'll tell you, I'm a old school kind of closeted wrestling geek. I don't talk about it too, too much. But okay. um, it really died for me when they went to Saudi Arabia. Like, they took the they took the dirty money. They went over there. The women can't wrestle. Finally, they're like, look at us, how progressive we are. The women are wrestling. They have to wear, like, baggy T-shirts. And I'm like, yeah, we just stepped back. Many, many years. Yeah. <laughs> it it's was it's really a shame. It's mm-hmm. a shame. And and I feel like too, like it's because I know John Boyega came out and like did like a whole interview like after the movies came out and like explained, like, yeah, this is what happened. This is and they straight up told me, like, this is what happened. And it's it's such a shame, but at the same time, kind of like back to like the other point is like you have all these shows like the Mandalorian and you have these shows. Um, I, I know some people call it like the Filoni verse. It's kind of like you've got um, this whole like almost new era of star Wars and it's set between the original trilogy and the sequels. And, you know, we saw what Filoni did with the clone wars and the prequels he fleshed out the prequels he strengthened the weaker points of the prequels with the clone wars and so i feel like and we've already seen signs pointing to this the the end goal is to strengthen the sequels and kind of strengthen the ties between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy while also making a badass fight and i've heard that opinion, and i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be very divisive because I've heard a lot of theories of, well, we're just going to completely go back on this whole flawed Luke character. And it's really that Luke is being this way because he's protecting and hiding Grogu. And that's why. And that's why. Because like, think about the contradiction of Luke at the end of the second season of The Mandalorian to where he was in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. So a lot happened between then and there. So four years, I think it is exactly. Yeah. So I think Gro- the Grogu story in the different is like, that's a huge question. Like what happened here? Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of people think Grogu is an episode two now. It's pretty funny. Really? Uh, I'm working with a producer now and he sent me a picture. He goes, Hey, look at this picture. I found the episode two and you can see Grogu in the background right before Anakin kills the younglings. And I'm like, I don't think that's right. So I had to go back and watch a scene on Disney plus and I'm sending him like pictures off my phone. I'm like, bro, no, someone edited that in there. He's just edited it in. That's just a window. I was going to say, cause isn't by the time the Mandalorian is Grogu's 
40? 50. Rogu's 50. 50 okay. Line. So he would have been like 10. So he would have been an infant. Still Probably. An infant. I don't know what he would have been. Like a frog or something. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I do worry about the future of the Mandalorian, though, without him. Like, where does it go? Really? Because I'm excited about it, actually. Yeah. Like, me personally. Mm. Because now you have this whole storyline with... we Actually, this was our last episode. We yes. talked about... Um, you know, you now have Din Djarin who is now the reluctant leader. He is stuck with the Darksaber. And now I hope we go into this whole storyline on Mandalore and see what happens with that. Grogu brought in so many new fans, specifically women. Like there are so many women who who wouldn't touch Star Wars. Then they saw how cute this was and they got curious. And then they started watching and like, oh, this is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Like my brother's wife's a perfect example. Their entire house is Baby Yoda. Mm. And she never saw a Star Wars show before that, but mm. she fell in love with the character. And now she's like all learning Star Wars because of it. And I think anything that brings in people who are new to it is good. Mm. As long as it's not changing the entire core product. So I mm. thought that was really cool. I'm I'm nervous, but I am optimistic. I'm really curious to see mm. what happens with uh, Book of Boba Fett. I'm very, mm. very Dude, uh, Did you see I'm the expecting- new trailer that came out today? I did. Like, I'm hoping that this is going to, unfortunately, it's on Disney Plus. I was hoping it would be more like a violent show. Like, I want to see, like, uh, Sons of Anarchy meets Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, I want to see full on gangster wars going on. Like, it's the Sopranos, but with Boba Fett. <laughs> and I, I'm so excited for that show. My, mm, my hype yeah. for that show. And, like, that's the thing is, I love how they do this thing now with Star Wars shows where, the stuff in the trailers is probably only from the first couple episodes of yeah. the show. And then everything after that is just completely left up to you. Mm-hmm. you. It's up to your imagination. Yeah, they have to. I mean, again, this is a Filoni Favreau thing, but they're very good at managing expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're very good at subverting expectations. I feel like a lesser reserved filmmaker creator would have been like all right guys here comes the mandalorian wait do you see the huge surprise at the end of the first episode uh, wait right, do you yeah. see it but they didn't say anything they kept mm-hmm. it a secret and they didn't like try to say it was a big thing whereas conversely the one thing i didn't like about wandavision was they kept making me think that we're going to have some kind of a huge revelation at the end of this yeah mm-hmm. and then they brought in the uh the Quicksilver from the Fox universe. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be the beginning of the multiverse. And the other universe is going to be the Fox X-Men. And it might be what they're doing with Spider-Man now, kind of. But like, I thought it was then. And it turned out they're like, no, we just we just uh, cast this guy just to be a troll. Like, that's really what it was. It annoyed me. That and the fact that uh, the guy who plays Vision did an interview talking about how he has this fight in the last episode with an actor he respects a lot. And has always wanted to film a scene with, and it's because <laughs> mm, everyone's like, "Oh my god, that. who's it going to be? Who's Robert De Niro going to be playing?" Like, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just really, I'm really excited for where Star Wars is going to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the biggest messages for us on our our channel is is that now is like the best time to be a Star Wars fan Absolutely. with all the new media coming out, with all of the you know, all the announcements coming out all the time. You've just got so much to look forward to. And there's just so much storytelling that has yet to even be produced. Yeah. And like the Obi-Wan show, like 
oh come on mm. like that is just i never thought it would happen yeah neither did i i mean it's that's going to be one of those ones that's like a layup right like that's going to be hard to not be good yeah right hard to mess up mm-hmm. which i'm already concerned because i've already heard things like how bad the script was that they had to rewrite the whole thing and that's why it's taking so long really uh, so i'm hoping that all that's not true but we'll see uh Favreau and Filoni aren't involved in it, so I immediately, like, the alarm goes off. Like, those two are, like, Star Wars royalty right now. Anything they touch is good. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm hoping that we now that we have this technology, the way they deep fake Luke so well, I want to see more stuff after Return of the Jedi because I spent my enti- the entire 90s and early 2000s in my head fantasizing about what happened at the end of return of the Jedi afterwards. Mm. You know, I read every book. I wanted to know what happens next. What happened to Luke? How much more powerful did he get? Were there more Sith Lords? Like I wanted to know all of that. And Mm. so little was touched on like a huge part of star Wars to me is the lore, the history of it. And I am like my second most disliked movie. It will shock everybody, but it's rogue one. I didn't like it because I know. I'm a Jedi and a Sith guy. I need to have my Jedi. I need to have my Sith. Without okay. them, it feels dirty. Okay. Solo was, uh, it redeemed itself by having Darth Maul in the end. Spoiler alert, four years later. Uh, <gasps> I know. Sorry. But uh, yeah, like I need to have that. Like that, the, the Jedi-Sith storyline, all the way back through the Old Republic, is my favorite stuff. Because it really, you know, I... I got a dark sense of humor and I got a dark sense of drama. I really enjoy hearing all the crazy dark stuff that went on. Like there's stories about like, uh, and this is now legends. It's not Canon. The emperor, the first went the death star plans. Like he kept killing the guy and then bringing him back to life. That was his torture. He tortured him to death and then bring him back to life. If he messed up on the death star plans, Jeez. like that kind of stuff. I'm like, Oh, it's dark. Tell me more. <laughs> you know? Luke going to the dark side in a dark empire and things like that. I was just like, you know, I remember probably like 2002. Well, probably even before that I found like someone took the dark empire comic and made it into a movie script. And like, they basically like, it was like Reddit before Reddit. They're like, look, I found the script for the next movie. And I'm like, Oh my God, I got it. And I sat in front of my computer and I read the entire thing. And I'm like, it was amazing. And then now, then I get this. I'm like, oh, it's not amazing. So, <laughs> but like, if they could, if they would have done that, if you guys have, are familiar with like the uh, the Thrawn trilogy, the first expanded yeah, Star Wars universe, that's Star what Wars should have been. Thrawn. That should have been the sequel trilogy. Do that. Age adjust the characters, because I realize that's supposed to be five years. But I wanted mm. to know a lot, like, again... I don't want to say like the hist- history nerd in me. Like I wanted to know why the new Republic didn't work. Why did this government fail? The last mm-hmm. government failed because the Jedi got duped, completely duped by some dude. You know, I, I wanted like I I love everything about Palpatine. Like I love hearing stuff of his story. If you haven't read Darth Plagueis, it is the best Star Wars book ever written, hands mm-hmm. down. You know, that's one of those things that like if you're going to develop a movie, the develop a movie about like the backstory of pulp teen and have it end at the beginning of episode one, like have it end with him, like making the call to Padme. Like that would be such a great movie. Yeah. That's I I, I got you. I have, I have my theory 
about where all these shows are going to go with like Mando and Boba Fett and now Ahsoka. My theory is that because the, the point of the Ahsoka show is to go find Ezra, who is with Thrawn, that eventually we'll kind of get to like an MCU style finish where it's a fight between Thrawn is the big bad and we have him against people like Mando, Boba, Ahsoka yeah. working together to fight him. And then you could have Luke in there, too. Because they have, I mean, I know Mark Hamill himself said that the actor that they used for his, um, for his deep fake. So looked, that was him. I was told he said it was him. It was him. In that shot it thing. was, yeah. But they had, um, the they had like a stunt actor almost that looked yeah, for all the moving him. scenes. Yeah. Mm, yeah, and and Mark Hamill was like, oh, this guy looks better than I do. Like this, mm. this guy could literally take my role. So like, I wouldn't mm. mind if it was even like a recast of someone who looks like Mark Hamill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm totally fine in. with it. For those scenes they did um they did both they did they did one shot of just Luke acting it out like uh not Mark, Luke, Hamill. Mark Hamill and then they yeah. had the uh um other guy doing it so that way they could just they could match the face performance from Mark Hamill so that way they can match it for the deep fake and makes sense. And so they wouldn't just be relying on the computer generation. That way, an artist hand could also move into it and correct small things, so that way it looked even better. Well, the deep fakes come a long way. I mean, the yeah. stuff they did with the Irishman, making Robert De Niro look like he's forty—that was a good movie. Incredible. The only mm -hmm. problem with the deep fake is it doesn't do anything for the rest of the body. So you have forty-year-old looking Robert De Niro walking around like he's eighty because he is, <laughs> right? Like he's limber. He's not limber. It's very clear. It's an old man walking. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I think that the technology is just it. We're finally getting to that point, and I think that we're getting to the point where we can have a story like that, where we have this giant climactic battle with characters like Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and other people like that. And it doesn't have to be someone who doesn't look like them, they can at least, at the very least, look close to them with this kind of technology. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, it's definitely going to be interesting with it. I'm very curious to see what the future of Star Wars is. I'm very curious to see what the future of the uh, toy lines are. You know, mm -hmm. we're seven or eight years into the Black Series now. They've slowed down greatly on the three and three quarter inch, but that right. community is very strong. Very strong, but it's a tough. It's it's like here's the problem. You've they've made everything. Yeah. They have a couple background characters to make. But then, like, it's one of those things. People are like, why don't they just make these characters? Because if they make everything, they have nothing left. Mm -hmm. You can only re-release the same thing so many times. Before people get bored you know? of it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. They, they have to have, they have to continually have new stuff. Marvel's in the same spot now. Because they're running out of big properties to do. Like, they have... I guess that's kind of a lie. As long as they have the X-Men and Fantastic Four, they'll be okay. But the Avengers, they're now into like, they're out of people. When we get to the Eternals, you know we're out of people. <laughs> like I was sitting there the other day and I'm like, I wonder who they could do. And I'm like, oh crap. Like we're at like pretty backwater characters at this point. And I haven't seen the Eternals, but from what I hear, and it makes sense, the big problem there is you have 10 brand new characters in uh, 120 minutes to try to make you care about 10 different people. And instead yeah. of, you know, like you basically don't grow an attachment to any of them because there's just trying to make too many people a character at once and that there's not a good enough big bad in the movie. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's the that's what I'm hearing from mm-hmm. people I trust. I haven't bothered that one. I'll wait to see. Spider-Man, I gotta go buy my tickets. I keep forgetting. That I'll go see <laughs> on opening night. Man, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. That one's gonna be met with serious hostility. I'm just gonna mark, I'm gonna call my shot right now. Because it doesn't matter how good it is, people are gonna be mad about something. If there's no Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, people are gonna be mad. If they oh, are yeah. in it and there's a plot hole, people are gonna be mad. I'm gonna be happy with it either way. I'll be happy with it no matter what. Like I'm getting, uh, I'm getting another Spider-Man movie. I'm getting my favorite Doc Ock back. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite castings ever. Having that guy back in, Alfred Molina, I love it. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to see how it goes. Now, Tobey Maguire was my favorite Spider-Man just because of nostalgia. They were mm-hmm. my favorite Spider-Man movies, even though I think the most suitable. Peter Parker is probably Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now it was announced yesterday. Daredevil's not done, but we're not telling you where he's going to show up again. Exactly. I think he's going to show up in the new Spider-Man movie because I think he might show up before that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think he's going to be in it just because he's a lawyer. And in lots of the trailers for Spider-Man, it seems like he's falling under scrutiny and going to have to face some sort of trial for the murder of Mysterio, which he's being framed for. And having a really cool character who just happens to be a lawyer. Oh, how about this one? Lego just came out with kind of matches up really nicely. So if you remember correctly, uh, do you remember when uh, it was the Captain America Winter Soldier came out? They timed the release of the movie with the Hydra reveal with the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it all happened at once. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of wondering if Hawkeye, which is happening in New York, season finale which is going to happen right about the same time as this movie's released will there be any sort of crossover because it's all going on at the same time in the same place yeah well that's the thing it would make sense because it seems like my theory is we're gonna see kingpin at the end of hawkeye and i think it's going to be the same casting from the guy that was in daredevil it is he already said it so it's gonna be great you know and Daredevil is might surprise people is my number one Marvel character. He's one A. Really? Yeah. He's one A. Punisher's one B. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to a three, it's a gigantic mess. But for whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it's probably Nightcrawler. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like he is my Marvel guy. I've mm-hmm. always loved Daredevil. I've read almost every modern issue. Uh, so yeah, I would love to see him back. That show was mostly amazing amazing when they had that on netflix when they started getting into dragon bones and crazy stuff i'm like all right i'm lost mm-hmm. but for a while there i was in i was hooked mm-hmm. oh yeah that's how i was with um the punisher show on netflix oh, i i love that show that was it's so good to me that's still one of the best parts that's one of the bad things about disney owning it though Mm-hmm. We'll never get that level of like you. You're not gonna. You're gonna only get the watered down Punisher. Mm-hmm. You're not. We're gonna never get gonna that see him crazy Punisher. We're never gonna see a man's face get deformed by a dumbbell again in the Marvel universe. No, we're not gonna see that. We're not gonna see someone's foot get hit with a drill. We're not gonna see any of that kind of stuff. And it's not to say that I need it, but it's almost like I do I it. want like watered down Punisher, or do I want to just be like, oh yeah, he's a. Uh, he he's gone. Well, where'd he go? He just mm-hmm. left. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like, what's worse? Mm-hmm. You know, I like if I wanted a watered down show Punisher, off, though. Mm-hmm. If I wanted a watered down Punisher, I'd watch the '80s movie. It's yeah. like 
that's just a fact. Like, I, you know, I don't want to have it. Like you notice that they don't use too many guns. Like I guess they do just just Black Widow, but like they they refrain from too many guns, which isn't a yeah. bad thing. I you know I guess they really don't. It's really just nobody needs guns except Natasha. Mm -hmm. Everybody else has something better to kill people with. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't see. I mean, he's always kind of not fit into the Marvel universe proper. He's like mm -hmm. one of the few guys who are never like doing cro when he does crossovers. It's because someone like Daredevil's going after him, something like that, or uh, you know, the Avengers are taking him down. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing a show where it's like basically Oz but with the Punisher in prison, because there's been a couple series like that where it's like, we put the Punisher in Rikers. Good. No, it's not going good. He's having a ball. Mm -hmm. like, I would love to see a show of that where he's just like Rorschach and, Wa and Watchmen just going after everybody. Mm -hmm. That's another show, the movie that divided people. I really enjoyed that movie. Mm -hmm. I like it better than see the that one, actually. You know? I don't know. What other questions you guys got? Anything else I can hit you with? That's all I got right now. That's all I, mean, I we were gonna say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We also, well, we also are about to run out of battery on our on our audio. Yes. On nice. Our audio device here. So nice. I guess that works out time. I'm getting tired and I'm an old man now, so I need my yeah, beauty yeah. sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, hey, well, thank you so so much, mm -hmm. Nerdzog, for being on the show. So something that we actually like to do is we like to pull up our guests. Um, youtube social media whatever so in this case we're actually going to pull up your uh Talk youtube channel here nice. there it is there it is and so is. i'm gonna there it is just right grab there. this thank you jacob i see it it's right there <laughs> see i struggle with technology believe it or not <laughs> i'll tell you what it doesn't get easier than Streamyard though so that's true that's very true which which speaks volumes about how bad i am with it that's so why I use it. so right here is Nerdzoic's YouTube channel. If you are not already subscribed to Nerdzoic's YouTube channel, what are you doing? Go subscribe to it. Do it. Got some great collecting, not not just Star Wars, Marvel, mm. NECA, everything. You got some mm. awesome, awesome content. Mythic Legions, everything like that. Mm -hmm. I've I've been getting my my Marvel Legends fix and my NECA fix out of his videos recently, just nice. because I don't know who else to watch. And quite frankly, I love I love his lists a lot. So yeah. highly recommend him. Very, very helpful videos. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, check me out, people. I appreciate that. And yeah, so that about wraps up our Have a Chat episode. This has been the most mediocre podcast in the Star Wars universe. Jacob, do you want to run down the script? Sure. You can find us on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, uh, TikTok now. We're on, uh, yeah, I said Instagram already. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, wherever podcasts can be streamed or listened to. And make sure to subscribe and leave a like on this video and leave a comment. Don't forget to join our, stop whispering it in my ear, Jackson. I know what to say. <laughs> Don't forget to join our Discord. We have lots of fun conversations in there about Star Wars. I've been like getting bugged a lot about getting into NECA by the fellas out of the basement. We talk a lot about music in there a lot as well. It's just we have a grand old time and it's not a toxic setting. So feel free to join. It's great. Um, yeah, I think that's everything though. So yeah, so everybody, thank you so much for watching again. Nerdzoic's uh link to his YouTube channel and social media will be in the description below. And thanks again for listening. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.